When three MIT grads and one Harvard Law School grad get together and decide they want to tackle last mile logistics, you get wise systems. And today we have two of the four co-founders talking to us about how they are helping companies make real-time delivery decisions and why they got in that industry in the first place. Hope you enjoy. Shakely. I'm a co-founder at Wise Systems. Yep, I'm Chaz Sims, CEO and co-founder of Wise Systems. All right, let's start this off. How did Wise Systems come about? How did you four come together and decide to do this? Chaz? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we actually came together about uh, four years ago now. Um, we actually came together in a class. So a few of us, me, Layla, and one of our other co-founders, Ali, um, we're taking this class called uh, Development Ventures, where we were challenged to, um, you know, build a company around something that would have a large impact and actually a global impact. Um, and so that's that's how we originally got started. We um, Jamel joined the team soon after that, and we really just kind of came together around trying to uh, solve a large global problem. But really, um, we were focused on cities and how cities develop, how they. Um, would be developing over the next um, several years and um, even several decades just um, when you start thinking about smart cities, new ways of transportation, logistics, all those things. And so um, we really focused on that for about two years, just trying to um, understand the space, understand the developments that would happen. And um, two years ago, we really started focusing mostly on transportation, and we saw that there was um, there there was something there. We, we, we started to see that there... Um, that cities um, often had city um, transportation and logistics at the center of them and how they operated them, how they operated. And so we were like, hey, why don't we just start talking to some customers and see if there's anything that still needs to be developed, see, see what's going on in the space. And as we started talking to customers, we saw that there was a huge need, a huge gap in just how uh, logistics operated, how um, plans came about for last mile delivery. And so we, that's when we started the company. And two years ago, we came out of a MIT accelerator um, and really focused on trying to help um, companies deliver more effectively um, as things change while they're on the road, um, collect data, and actually use feedback from the driver in order to um, build our product. So that, that's, that's kind of how we got started. Okay, so you discovered what you were interested You discovered the problem. So what were the steps you took when you went, okay, this is where we, we, are, we need to fill a need. What did that actually look like, step by step? Uh, step one was we talked to a lot of customers, um, and we just tried to document every single conversation we had um, to come up with a problem and a solution. Um, step two, we, uh, we actually talked to our advisor, uh, Edgar Blanco. So he was at the MIT Center for Transportation Logistics. So he was someone who had experience in the field, and so we kind of went over the things that we had found in just all of our customer conversations, and he, he was like, yes, you're definitely on to something. There is a need in the space. And then uh, after step three, that's when we started trying to build a product and trying to um, actually fill the need that we saw was in the space. So um, at the time, we focused um, pretty exclusively on just dynamic routing and being able to change and adjust schedules while drivers were on the road. 
All right, Chaz, you mentioned that you're the CEO of Y Systems. Layla, what is your role um, at the company? So I lead the efforts in sales. Um, very similar to Chaz, I also work on the product. What you'll see as a common thread across early stage startups is people wearing many, many hats. I just so happen to be trained as an architect, um, and those skills in architecture were huge in terms of developing the, the, the interface and experience of our product. Um, so though my official role is in sales, every now and then you'll see me um, drawing things. Cool. And yeah, updating updating the, the software and sitting in trucks with drivers. Yeah. To sit to and sitting in trucks with drivers to, to see what they like and what they hate. So there you have four co founders, which I think is a lot, right? For yeah. most startups. So wh- since the other two aren't here, can you maybe just break down their roles and a little bit about them? Yeah, for sure. So Ali, um, he is our head of product and engineering. Um, he did his undergrad in computer science at Georgia Tech, did some years of tech consulting, and then came back to MIT for a systems engineering uh, degree. So everything product, everything engineering related, he has um, his hand on it and hands in it. And just um, he leads a large part of our team as well, just because we have hired um, a bunch of engineers in order to build, um, you know, build out our vision and build out our product. Um, and then our other co-founder is Jamel. He um, actually studied at Harvard Law School, got his, you know, passed the bar exam and everything. Um, and but he decided to join us, and so uh, he focuses a lot on just the operations of the business, trying to make sure everything behind the scenes is still running. Um, but even within that, he's taking a large role in um, sales and marketing. Um, you know, helping make sure that we have a continuous source of leads as we just continue to grow our sales pipeline and uh, try to close deals. So. Talk about your your dynamic between the four of you. Like when you came together, how did you decide that while all of you touch the product in some capacity and the three of you do have some role in the sales process, how have you been able to say and compartmentalize and say, Ali's going to lead the engineering team. You're going to focus more on sales. Layla. Chaz, you're the CEO. Jamel, you're the operations guy. How did that come about? Was it natural or was it kind of coming to a realization at the table? I think that we're particularly lucky because a lot of it was kind of natural. There were particular things that I was inclined towards and I'm good at, so I did them. I don't think that's always always the case. I also think we're lucky because we like each other and we've stuck together for so long. I mean, four Mm -hmm. years, you know, between the research and working together, which also is against the odds. Um, But I would, as a result of, of, you know, learning through growing and spending time together and realizing that everybody needs specific roles. Um, I'd argue that the most critical factor in any early stage startup is who's by your side. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a healthy dynamic between you, um, it it can't be very good. But if you do have a healthy dynamic between you and you're one of the lucky ones, you'll make it, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is it that drives you? And, And maybe it's different for each of you individually. I'm sure it is. But I mean, have you always wanted to start your own company? Like, why, what kind of made you go, okay, I actually want to jump in and, and do this kind of crazy thing? Yeah, for me, I, I actually um, didn't know what I uh, wanted to do early on. Um, I, re- I do remember one summer, actually, where I worked at and, and interned at, um, in New York in an investment bank, um, banking firm. And while I was there, I was, I was there for about a day and I was like, hmm, this isn't what I want to do with my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I knew I wanted to be in a, a much smaller company, where, a place where I could have uh, a larger impact. And 
Um, I did actually get to spend a summer out in Silicon Valley, um, you know, working at a startup and seeing a little bit what that was like. Um, you know, I thought it would actually be uh, several years down the road before I started my own company, but you know, the opportunity was there. You had the had the right uh, co-founders to go along with it, and so that's what you know really got me excited just to you know take the leap um, as early as I did. So very cool. How about you, Layla? Yeah, I feel the same way. I knew I always wanted to do something um, on my own, you know, or start something. I just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of got lucky many times over. <laughs> the MIT Accelerator was huge in terms of getting us off the ground. Um, other organizations, you know, we spent some time at Techstars, um, here at Dynamo. Those, those have really been awesome building blocks that have come at the right time. So to Chaz's point, timing is really important as are the people that you come by, come across and learn from. Yeah. So things just happen to line up. And, and I think um, at the time, I mean, since then, we've all kind of gotten married or some of us have had kids. But being straight out of school had incredible advantages for doing something so risky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that people want to trust young, ambitious, technical folks. Right. So there's, there's a weird thing happening right now in the market where people want to trust, trust young kids who know a thing or two about tech. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what have been their biggest challenges as you've kind of taken this journey? First of all, how long has WISE been around? WISE System has been around? Two years. Two years. Okay. Um, so what have been the, those moments where you're like, oh, this is, this is getting real? And then maybe also, what are those big success moments or those moments that make you like, oh, this is totally worth all the hard work? <laughs> that's a really great question. Really good question. Um, so I think our... You know, one of the first challenges was like coming right out of the MIT accelerator because, you know, you go from an environment where, you know, each day is dictated to you. You know what what goals to set. Um, You have like a healthy perspective on, okay, where should we be? And then, um, you know, once we did that demo day and everything was over, it's like, okay, what do we do now? So at, at that point, there you know, there's a, a new set of challenges of figuring out, okay, how are we going to organize ourselves? How are we going to um, start to build a culture even within ourselves, you know, even though we hadn't hired anyone at that point, but still thinking about um, the day when we would start to grow and expand the team. And so um, being able to uh, do that, it was definitely a challenge, but definitely worth it. And I, and I think, um, you know, some of the, the moments where it's like, oh, this is all been, and, and get me really excited. It's just when I, uh, sometimes when we have like all of our team together in one spot, um, either it's in a meeting or you'll, you'll look in and see like the product team working on something and you're just like, wow, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. The, the people that we've brought together and, and who've also like bought into the vision and are, uh, ready to move forward with us. And so, um, that is also always what's get, what gets me excited and, you know, about building the next thing and continue to um, go forward. So, so I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, yeah. But you've been building WISE for a couple of years now, and 2016, to some degree, I, I am of the belief, is uh, kind of the peak autonomous year. It's just all over the headlines. Investors are kind of throwing their money at anything that has the word autonomous at it, for better or worse. But where does WISE fit in that, and kind of what is your perspective on that unfolding? How do you think that's going to occur, and... Where do you see your product in that ecosystem? Yeah, so when we think about uh, autonomous vehicles, I mean, it is something that we get excited about. It's, again, it's part of the reason why we 
started looking at this space just because we did see that there was a lot of development on the horizon as, as cities start to become you know, smarter is, is, is what everyone is saying. But like, I think um, some people uh, believe that you know once autonomous vehicles come in, they're just going to take over the world and there's going to be no longer a need for drivers or <laughs> of any type. But I think we see a future that's a little bit different from that just because you know as we've worked with companies and um, businesses, we've started to see that they um, they care a lot about how their deliveries happen. They, there's a lot of human touch that goes into it. Um, there's a lot of knowledge that drivers have from uh, being on the road, talking to customers, doing routes for years and years. And so um, we believe that you know, as autonomous ve- autonomous vehicles start to become more and more part of the picture and you know take over part of a logistics role, um, that they'll just be part of a larger strategy that an organization has to, um, has to think about. And it has, they'll, they'll have to figure out how do they leverage autonomous vehicles along with some of their own delivery drivers and even drones as well. And so um, we see ourselves being in that position to help businesses make those decisions, how to get a package from point A to point B and be able to um, weigh all these different um, costs and values and everything that comes into play, whether it is the autonomous vi- vehicle, the drone, the on-demand driver, even their own fleet. Um, and so that's that's how we um, tend to think about the space and how it's going to evolve. But we are definitely excited to see um, as as autonomous vehicles become more and more a part of our everyday lives. So, Sure. D- do you think that your product would be used perhaps differently when autonomous vehicles do enter the ecosystem and you do see kind of a more prevailing understanding as to how to use aerial drones or sidewalk robots, what have you? Um, yeah, I, I do do think there will be a shift in, in how our um, uh, product operates. I, I, I think there will be um, more focus on the dispatching uh, side of it. We will The data that we collect just from... Um, from drivers and the decisions that we're able to make in real time, that will become even more and more important. Um, just as you have vehicles on the road that can, you know, at any point change course and at any point um, just go to the next place uh, without having uh, some of that pushback that you might have from a driver that's on the road. So I do think there will be some things that change within our product um, and the psychology of how our product <laughs> works right now as autonomous vehicles become uh, more and more prevalent. So the the one thing about Wise is Wise is kind of in the middle of these huge enterprise sales efforts, and both Layla and Chaz, both of you lead that effort um, uh, at Wise. But kind of what has that been like in the last year? If you know, if there was one thing that you did not expect, what would that be? If you were going to tell a fresh founder who's embarking on this process for the first time, I think that our um, early decision to really understand the market was prudent. Um, it, it, often with, with enterprise SaaS, especially if you're a fresh founder, chances are high that you haven't spent time working as a dispatcher in, in our case or you know somebody who's been on the front lines of operations within delivery. So really truly understanding your customer I think is critical um, and really understanding their needs is critical instead of jumping into the next, you know, um, Uber for cats or whatever it is that you think is important, <laughs> find a cat owner, right? <laughs> so uh, would you say kind of the, the upfront customer discovery, like the fact that you place so much value on that is actually reaping rewards I think it's very, on the back without end? Without a doubt, I think it's very important. Yeah, 
Um, and I think what I would say is, uh, one, I, I think it's kind of two parts for me. So one, I, w- I was surprised at how willing um, companies are to, um, to work with startups. You know, you actually um, can find a lot of enterprises out there who are thinking about these things, who are willing to have these conversations and actually give you a chance and an opportunity to, um, you know, to grow with their organization and, and, and build a product and, and provide a service. But um, I think the other side of that is, yeah, things take much, much longer than you would expect. Um, and, you know, not all of those things are in your control. People go on vacations, um, reorgs happen, um, all types of things can affect um, those initial sales. But I, I do think as you put in that work and as you put in that time, it, it does get, um, it gets easier as you go along, as you build more of your product, as you have uh, more of the answers and, and better understand what the customers actually want. But um, seeing both that dynamic of companies willing to try things, but also still taking time and um, those enterprise uh, sales cycles is, is, is something that um, I found found surprising and interesting. So, Okay, now let's talk a little bit about what differentiates Y Systems from your competitors. Yeah, so I think there, um, there are a few things that we really feel like differentiate us from a lot of the other competitors um, out there. One, uh, we have a heavy focus on optimization. We don't want to be just a tracking product. We um, do want to pro- provide a lot of value to companies by having robust optimization and being able to do that um, both in a planning process, but also um, being able to make changes throughout the day to improve driver's schedules. That's that's one thing that is, is huge for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing that um, differentiates us is just the use of data and um, being able to uh, find ways to collect and use all types of uh, uh, data um, in order to make improvements over time. Uh, you know, logistics, um, transportation, it's, it's a data-rich space just from um, the, because there's so many moving parts and so many people involved there, there's the customers, there's the, uh, the, the drivers, there's the dispatchers, there's all of the different customer constraints you're in cities where there's parking issues, all these things, um, are sources of data that you can use to improve your product. And I think that's a big part of what we do. And then finally, we, we care a lot about the drivers. We, we have done the ride alongs. We've like <laughs> done extensive testing with them and just trying to, better understand how we can um, add value to what they're doing in a day and also realize that they are a key part of the puzzle as well. Um, I think a lot of companies um, honestly treat drivers as they're just supposed to do what they're told, but we feel like um, there's a way, using our technology, we found a way to uh, give the drivers a voice, help leverage their knowledge and experience while they've been on the road and actually add add things to that with our algorithms in order to um, have a better result than either one of us could achieve on our own. So, um, Both of you have been through an accelerator before, and uh, we're wrapping up Dynamo here, but if you have you know, a recommendation or a suggestion for founders who have not kind of left or graduated from a program, and sometimes you hear kind of of that drop or like that kind of just load that some founders hit, what would that be to continue the success, continue the progress? Is there something you did to sustain that out of your last program that you would suggest to founders graduating from Dynamo? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say um, a lot of it has to do with one, um, setting good goals for yourself and always trying to put uh, put something ahead of you that you're fighting for. Um, you know, 
demo days and end of programs, that's always a good forcing function for a lot of companies. And it, and it's, it is a good, um, good structure to help, uh, help get companies moving faster and, and focus on things. But, um, if you do come out and you don't have good goal set, you don't have a good rhythm for that. I do think that can actually, you know, harm in a lot of ways and, and, and get the company to a point where you're like, okay, where do we go next? But, uh, being able to come up with that, decide um, on those with your founders can just really be uh, motivating and, and really help, you know, just continue that success as you move out of programs and um, having having all those resources directly around you. And then the other thing I would say is just try to keep using the networks and things that you've uh, been a part of. And so even the mm -hmm. uh, people that are coming out of Dynamo, just continue to develop those relationships, maintain those relationships because... Um, as you do go out, you just, you know, you need a lot of people in order to help get to the, um, to the next place. It's not just about the, the founders and, and the people in your company. It's about the larger network and, um, the relationships that you've built. And so being able to keep those people updated and informed is, is a huge part of it as well. All right. Well, I think that's all we have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, that's it. Thank you for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Kimco. Kimco is the largest female-owned third-party logistics company in the U.S., and we couldn't do this without them. Okay, one more thing. Go to hitthebutton.com. That is our new online publication where we keep you up to date on all the amazing things going on in logistics tech. you got to check it out. Okay, we'll see you later.